Numbers chapter 23 tonight. I want you to turn there. Who do you believe? Numbers 23. This is a very important uh, message. Of course, anything from God's Word is that way. But I think a lot and I have a real concern for young people today, kids in our school and our church, teenagers, kids going off to college and so forth. The numbers of Bible believers and people committed to the scriptures is dropping astronomically in our country. The lies of the enemy have not only made their way in, they've been embraced. It's very interesting. I just read a piece today where they were saying that, you know, yeah, the younger generation, they're glad to talk about spiritual things. They just don't want to be in church. They don't want to come to church. And the incredible power of consumerism has captured their hearts. And what is that? It doesn't mean that all they do is look through ads from Target, okay? That's not what we're talking about. When we talk about consumerism, we're talking about their mindset is one of simply consuming things. Many times at a distance, I will go to this place because there's something I get from it, okay? I will make a relationship or friendship with you because of what I can get from you, That is consuming. It's a consumerism mentality. And this is the world in which we live in today. And really what it comes down to is who do you believe? Who do you believe? What do you believe? Who do you trust? Who do you believe in? Who do you believe in? I ask this to all of us. Do you believe in yourself? Is that where your faith is? In your decision making? In your ideas? Your opinion? Do you believe other people that you know? Who is it exactly that you believe? Now, many are going on vacation this summer and are going to be traveling on the interstates. And on the way, you see lots of billboards. All of them have a message and all of them want you to believe something. That's why they have the billboard. They have a message for you. They want you to believe it. They want you to act upon the information on there. First, you have to believe it, and then they want you to act upon it. In your life, you will end up believing what someone says, okay? That is just, that's life. That's inescapable. We are all going to believe what somebody says, because we don't start out with a huge reservoir of truth and that which is right, okay? We don't know. And so all of these messages start coming our way. All of this information, all of these influences start coming our way. It can be something even as issues of the heart, such as the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Maybe that's where our faith is in. All of them having to do with ourselves. Sometimes it's in a religion. Other times it's an individual who makes an impression on you. Sometimes it's a temptation or something that tickles your fancy, so to speak, okay? And you just can't get it out of your mind. And that is where you end up putting your faith. That is what you rest upon. Whatever or whoever it is, you embrace those words and then you allow the words and the ideas to affect your life. This is just the way life is. It's a matter of believing things, okay? We believe things. A Christian who gets saved at an early age, grows up and then goes off into the world and just becomes, just starts living like a lost person. You know what? They've believed something. 
They believe something that's caused them to go that way. You understand this? It all comes down to faith. It all comes down to believing something. It's going to have a profound effect. Let me say this tonight. What you believe will determine the direction of your life. I'll repeat that. What you believe will determine the direction of your life. You might say, well, I'm a safe person and I know I'm going to heaven and all that, but this stuff about, you know, surrendering my life to Christ and living for Christ once I'm saved, I'm just really not interested in that. Do you know why a Christian would not be interested in that? It isn't that there's anything wrong with that. As a matter of fact, that's God's will. It's because they're believing something that contradicts that. Their faith is in something. They're not believing what God says. They're believing something else is actually better. It goes all the way back to the garden, doesn't it? When Satan said, yea, hath God said. Satan puts it in the mind of man to question what God says. Man questions it. More deception comes in. Off he goes into that deception. What happened? He had the light. He had the truth. What happened there? You know what? What happened is he started believing. He started putting his faith, his confidence in something other than what God wanted him to. What you believe will determine the direction of your life. With that in mind, here's the big question tonight for all of us in this room and anybody who might hear this down the road. Here's the question. Do you believe God? This is the difference between real success in life and failure. Do you believe God? You might say, well, I know people who are believers, but their lives are not turning out very good. Now, it's one thing to put your faith in Christ in a moment of time, then God takes care of the saving and the keeping, no question. But you know what, friend? It's a whole different thing to not only put your faith in Christ, but then continue believing what God says. Continue believing what God says. First, about eternity. Who do you believe about eternity? Why do we put our faith in Jesus as our Savior? Well, we have reason to do that. Why? Well, number one, he's God. He paid for our sins and most importantly, came back from the dead to prove it was done. He conquered death. Only one who conquers death can offer life. So this is key. Because he is God, he cannot lie. And that's where we find ourselves in Numbers 23, 19. See, folks, we take him at his word, and that is going to have an effect on a person to the extent that we take God at his word. We believe God. Who do you believe? Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie. Boy, that's not a very good commentary on man, is it? God's not a man. He's not a liar. Well, man is a liar. But isn't it amazing? We believe all the lies. We have a hard time believing the one who can't lie. Why is that? It's crazy. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? Yes, he'll be true to his word, whatever he says. Look with me over to 1 John chapter 5. This issue of eternity it's just a matter of believing God. Who do you believe? First John chapter 5 and verse 10, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. 
because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. God gave us the record, gave us the witness, gave us the testimony of his son. He not only gave it in the person of his son, the living word, but we also have the written word. The testimony is here. And so here's what it comes down to, folks. When we see what Jesus did, that he is God, that he went to the cross, that he paid for our sins, that he rose from the grave three days later, and that he has paid for sin, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by him. And when someone comes along and says, no, that's not all there is to that, you are calling God a liar, okay? You're calling God a liar. Well, I just don't understand. No, you're calling God a liar. Would you call God a liar? I wouldn't, I certainly don't want to do that. And this is the record that God hath given us, given to us eternal life. You see that? He didn't reward us with it. We didn't get it by works. No, it was given to us. And where is this life? This life is in his son. Therefore, he that hath the son hath life. He that hath not the son of God hath not life. Now, here you go. See, this is, who do you believe? These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that you have eternal life. So why in the world would a person who puts their faith in Christ doubt whether they're saved or not? If we believe God. See, it comes down to who do you believe? Well, but I don't feel saved. Where's your faith? Your faith is in how you feel. Well, I worry that I I might do something one day to where I'll lose my salvation. Well, wait a minute. Then you don't believe what God says. You don't believe Jesus paid for all your sins. Because if you can lose your salvation, he didn't pay for all your sins. I was emailing somebody else, somebody else knew this week, who wrote, it's kind of interesting, he says, I have a friend who believes this or this, and, and so I'm writing on his behalf, and I always wonder... Okay, that's the oldest trick in the book. You know, uh, if this is you, just say so. It's okay. I won't condemn you. I won't get on your case. Who knows? Maybe it isn't. But anyways, it's this thing about, well, so he, he had somebody listen to me, and, and this person said back, now, believe it or not, they listened to the message from this last Sunday. And they said that they weren't sure that I was saying Jesus is the only way. I don't know what to say to that. But anyways, that's interesting, isn't it? See, here's the point. And it was the, it was the usual stuff. He's wanting to know this. Do you believe that if a person has put their faith in Jesus Christ, and of course, you always know what's coming, they go as low as you can go, that if they went out and they you know, raped and they murdered and they killed and they you know, did this thing and then did this thing. And then they turn their back on God and they walk away from God and they don't want to have anything to do with God. Are you telling me that if a person believed in Christ and they did that, are you telling me that they go to heaven? And the answer to that is if they trusted Christ as their savior, yes, that's where they're going. That's where they're going. Why? Because if we believe not, he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. 2 Timothy 2. That's what the Bible says. Who do you believe? 
Who do you believe? Human reasoning? Your own human reasoning? Some set of commentaries that you have? It's one of the Trojan horses, by the way. Who do you believe? Let's move on. So, who do you believe when it comes to eternity? Do you believe God? How about this one? What about life purposes and goals? Oh, here's where it gets tricky for the Christian. Here's where it gets tricky. Isn't it interesting that people will trust Jesus Christ to save them and keep them safe forever from hell, but they will not trust him with their everyday lives and goals? We just have a hard time trusting him with the little stuff. We don't have a problem him keeping me safe forever from hell. But it's the little stuff that I don't know if I can trust him. I, I wrestle, I struggle with that. And, and folks, listen, that is, that is common, okay? I don't mean that in a condescending way. We all go through times like that. Unfortunately, that's part of our problem as human beings is we struggle with this. What you live your life for will show who you listen to and who you believed, okay? Kids, listen, teenagers, college, you're facing a lot of temptation. What you live your life for will show who you listen to and who you believed. Who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to believe in? There is no higher level than God himself. The word of God. Now, you know what the sad thing is? There's a lot of Christians and even Christian young people who will do this number. Well, you know what? I'm seeking the Lord's will on this. But really in their hearts, they're not seeking God's will. They're seeking their will and trying to find some Bible verses to justify it. That's what they're doing. That's so dangerous. See, who do you believe? That person is believing themselves, not God. You need to keep Christ first. You need to keep his priorities, your priorities. Be careful. What you live your life for now is going to be based on who you listen to, who you will let influence you to make the decisions you may don't make the wrong decisions, make the right decisions. Get counsel, okay? Now, people got this idea. Well, if I get counsel, it shows I'm a weakling, that I'm an imbecile, that I, I don't have a mind of my own. Let me tell you something, friend. If, Proverbs says this, he who trusts in his own heart's a fool. That's what God says. All counsel is, is you go and you go, I want to talk to somebody who knows more about life than I do, who's going to give me God's light on my issue, God's truth on my issue. That's what this is about. This is not about, oh, you know, I'm going to go to the, the great kahuna nui, the, the, the one of wisdom and all this kind. No, no, that's nothing to do with it. Go to somebody who knows more about something than you do. That's all counsel is. I do it. I get counsel from people. Do you know that's why we have an elder board in our church? To where I, I can, uh, as I lead the ministry as the, as the um, senior pastor here, but I have men who we talk and we discuss things and some things are difficult and all that. But I could easily just say, well, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. No, no, I don't trust myself enough to just live that way. What we need to do is we need to, in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. That's how you live your life. So if you're going to listen to anybody, listen to people 
who know what they're talking about. Not the culture. Don't listen to the culture. It is sick, folks. If you haven't noticed, we live in a sick world and it's getting sicker and sickerer. So about life purposes and goals, okay? Let let me show you something. The testimony of God himself. Look at Joshua chapter 1. God himself says some things. He makes some promises. Who are you going to believe? Am I going to believe what God says and go God's way on this? Or am I going to believe me? Well, just follow your heart. Worst thing you could ever do. Worst thing you could ever do. You don't follow your heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. You're calling God a liar. He's the one who said it. It's not me. It's him. Be careful. The testimony of God himself, Joshua 1.5. Moses has died. The reins are being turned over to uh, Joshua now to lead the nation of Israel. It says in Joshua 1.5, God says, There shall not a man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Who are we going to believe? Am I going to believe God or not? Some young men or some of you girls, okay? What about full-time ministry for you? I know the office is different. Whatever, you know, men, guys can be preachers and so forth and, and, and so on but there's incredible needs today. What about some sort of full-time ministry for you in life? Is that a possibility? Is that for everybody, vocational Christian ministry? No, it isn't for everybody. I understand that, but it is for some. See, here's the problem. You know what I've seen in my life? Here's what I've seen. Okay, God wants people sold out. God wants people to do ministry, youth ministry, churches, and all of that. And then it's like, well, you know what? But that's not really a career because what are you going to do? How are you going to support your family and all that? So they go from here. They go from seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you over to here. It's like, well, you know what? But I don't want to be an infidel and not take care of my family. And so they'll go over here. Well, let me ask you this. Why do you go from here to hear. Why not just say, God, you lead me and guide me. Show me what you want from your word, from good counselors. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to surrender my life to you, Lord, and let you direct my life. Now, it might be full-time vocational Christian service. It might not be, but here's the thing. That should be God's decision for you, not yours. God will take care of you. You know, we sing it, don't we? God will take care of you. Who do we believe? Do we really believe that God will take care of us? If I just dedicate my life to the Lord, I I know it's going to happen. I'm going to end up in some remote jungle someplace, and I'm going to be eating lizards and caterpillars and tree bark, and that's my life is going to be that way, and it's just going to be a mess. And and you know what? For most people, and can I tell you that it, can I guarantee it wouldn't be that way? I can't guarantee that, but for most people, that's not the way it is. See, that's the devil whispering in your ear. You're going to miss out. You're not going to get everything that you want. Let me tell you something. You don't want to get everything that you want. What you want is what God wants for you. That's the best. Leave your choices up to God. You'll always have the best. Okay, the blessing of the Lord makes rich. He adds no sorrow with it. That's Proverbs. The testimony of God itself. Do you see that? 
He says, nobody's going to be able to stand. I'm going to be as I was with Moses. I'm going to be with you. Wow. I'll tell you what, I'm for that. I want God to be with me like he was with Moses. And by the way, why else do you think that's in the Bible? Why is that in the Bible recorded in the Bible? It's because the Bible says these things are written for our admonition. So we can benefit from these things. Look with me to Matthew 28. Same thing, same idea. Go ye therefore, verse 19. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Here you go. And lo, I am with you always, all the time, I'm, even unto the end of the world or the age. Amen. Listen. God's not going to leave you. God's not going to forsake you. You might say, well, I'm, I'm afraid. I get that. I get that. And, and you know what? Sometimes when people graduate from high school, they're scared. Kids, well, I understand it. What am I going to do? You graduate from college. What am I going to do? Or you're getting to the end of, of your college education. And you're still not sure what you're going to do. Believe God. Trust in him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. He won't fail you. Okay, he's not going to begin failing human beings with you because he's not going to fail. Well, it's worked out for other people. I don't know if it'll work out for me. Why not? God's no respecter of persons. It's what he says. Who do you believe? So we not only have the testimony of God himself, but this gets real interesting. I want you to go with me very quickly. The testimony of those who have believed him. I love this. I love, love Love this. These are people who live their lives for Christ. And here they are at the end, and they're talking about how it went for them. Okay? And by the way, does it mean they didn't have battles? They had battles. Some sorrow, some heartache. Yep, that's part of life. Get used to it. Whether you serve Christ or not, you're going to have that, by the way. Matter of fact, they'll be worse if you don't. Joshua, Joshua 21, turn there. Here's Joshua. The land is at rest. All of this stuff, these cities, these people have been conquered. The great battles that have gone on. And here's Joshua, 2143. Now remember, God said in chapter 1, I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses. But this is before he went through any of this. Here he is at the end, 2143. And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which he sware to give unto their fathers, and they possessed it and dwelt therein. Why? Why did they possess it and dwell therein? Because God promised it to them. That's why. And the Lord gave them rest round about according to all that he sware unto their fathers. Just like he said he was going to do, he did. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. Why? Because God said they're not going to be able to in chapter 1. He said that to Joshua before any of this took place. They're not going to be able to stand against you. I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses. There stood not a man of all their enemies before them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. Who do you believe? You're going to believe God? or yourself, or somebody else. Let's go to another one. Turn with me to Psalm 37. The great king of Israel, David. David. Oh, I could give you many examples in the life of David. 
But in Psalm 37, 25, here he is. I know people say, you're not supposed to say you're old. Well, and I am not old. But this is interesting. Maybe he meant older. I don't know at what point. I don't know the age that David wrote Psalm 37. Maybe somebody knows that. It doesn't matter, does it? It's in here, Psalm 37, 25. I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. David says, I bear a testimony to the faithfulness of God's word. Who are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe? Did he have some bumps along the way? Some serious ones. Yes, he did. But God was faithful. You know, folks, and God was faithful and God will always be faithful. But David could say this, and David had such a rich walk with God because he was a man after God's own heart. He shared the same passions and loves and values that the Heavenly Father did. One more, the Apostle Paul. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. It says in verse 17, here he is awaiting his martyrdom. But he says, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me, even though other people left him. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. It's eternal security. And you notice it's God who preserves. It's not us persevering. It's God who preserves. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Who, who, who do you believe? One more verse. John chapter 3. You could be here tonight or maybe you're going to be, maybe you'll hear this down the road. You're listening. Friend, God wants you to be his child. God loves you. He wants you to have eternal life. He wants you to go to heaven when you die. He does not want you to be lost, separated from him in hell. He loves you more than that. That's why he sent his son. He sacrificed. He gave his son to save you from hell. That's how much he loves you. And he's offering you the gift of eternal life. How? How can he do that? The wages of sin is death. How can God do that? Because Jesus paid the price of death for you and me. He went to the cross. Here we are. Here's our sin. We're all sinners. God loves us. He hates our sin. To get to heaven, you have to be sinless. None of us are. Has to be paid for. And if we do it, we'll be lost forever, separated from God, in conscious torment forever. God says, I don't want you to go there. Good works won't make you perfect. If you do good works, if you're a sinner and you do good works, it may cover up your sin, but it doesn't take it away. The sin has to be gone. God says, I love you. I want to save you from hell. He sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, this hand representing him. And when Jesus went to the cross, all the sins of your entire life, Jesus took them upon himself and he paid for them so you don't have to. He was buried. He came back from the dead. And he says, if you trust in him, that he did that for you, if you believe in him, that he did that for you, the moment you do, he gives you everlasting life. All your sins for the rest of your life, for your past life and your future life, all your sins are taken care of through the blood of Christ. That once for all payment Jesus made. Think about this now. Think about this as we close. 
Jesus is only going to pay for sin one time. If you could sin a sin after you're saved that would send you to hell, then he didn't pay for all sin. He did pay for all of it, though. The Bible says he did it once for all. And all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Well, friends, that concludes this edition of Voice of Assurance. Thanks so much for listening. And would you share this ministry with a friend? To contact us or learn more about our ministry, please visit www.northlandchurch.com. Your prayers and support for this ministry are greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, and God bless you.